Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We have a really awesome show prepared for anybody out there who's trying to figure out how to build a community and get their customers to talk with and support each other. So we got an awesome show lined up for you. But riding into the studio, I see him coming over the horizon on a white noble steed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the one, the only, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. (laughs) There we go. How are you doing, James? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know what? It's difficult to pretend I like you once, but to have to do this again for the second time today, I really don't know how far I can stretch out this pretending to like you thing. It's called personal growth, Dean. <laughs> Let's go with that. Let's put it under that. Yeah, we'll go with that. For our listeners, you have no idea about this, but sometimes I know it'll come as a shock to you. We run into technology issues <laughs> when recording the show. I already got into like a good chunk of the show and realized our platform stopped recording. So <laughs> Dean's having to pretend that he likes me twice. <laughs> right. It's sickening, but uh, very uncomfortable for you. But anyway, at least we get to uh, introduce the guest a second time around, which is fun. Yes, we do. Today we have Lori Kennedy joining us. And Lori is an expert at helping health practitioners understand how to run a virtual business which is awesome. But one of the things that we're going to dig into with Lori in particular is how she has created community and culture in that community, even for people who are not necessarily her customers, but prospects and creating an environment where everybody supports and learns and grows together. And that's just a fundamental thing for creating an awesome business. So Lori, welcome to the show. It's amazing to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And again, I apologize in advance for anything that Dean might say that he should. (laughs) I'm here for all of it. Okay. Well, you say that now. So Lori, have you always been an entrepreneur or did you do something else before you started running your own businesses? I have been on my own. I wouldn't say that I was an entrepreneur because I didn't know what that was until probably about 2012. But I have been in the health and wellness industry since 1999. I've never had a corporate job. I mean, I've had many, many jobs in high school, all of which I got fired from, but I've never worked. Wait, what was the worst firing situation? (laughs) Good question. I lasted three days at a pizza shop and it was always had to do with something about me wanting to like improve the system (laughs) and just thinking that I knew better, a better way to do things, which... I probably did, but as a you know, 18, 17, 16 year old girl, you don't really you know stand up to the boss all that much. You get fired. So that was probably my worst firing. So you lasted three days. You came in there and you were like, okay, holy shit, this place is a mess. I was like, this is dumb. Why are you doing it this way? This is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't take kindly to that. No, no, they didn't. Yeah. My favorite job was working at the fish department in my local grocery store. I lasted like three years there. So I smelled, oh, wow. nice. fish I smelled amazing all the time. That was my <laughs> favorite job. But yeah, I have been fired from basically every job that I ever had. 
<laughs> so like many entrepreneurs, you're unemployable. I am completely unemployable. And so I entered the fitness industry. I entered the health and wellness industry as a personal trainer in 1999. And I worked in gyms. So I was a contractor but it wasn't my business necessarily. I mean, I was responsible for growing my own client base, but I wasn't responsible for paying the bills and payroll and all of that stuff. So that was my foray into entrepreneurship. And then I transitioned from being a personal trainer to a registered holistic nutritionist. And then in 2014, I took my business online full time and I closed my nutrition practice that I was running for seven years. And so I would say I became a fully independent entrepreneur in 2014. Okay. So originally you had like a brick and mortar physical location and that was... Yeah, that I worked out of, but it wasn't mine. So I was just a personal trainer in somebody else's gym. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Dean had a food truck at one point, just so you know. Yes, I did. Just kind of like fast food, Mm -hmm. like burgers and things. I like burgers. Anything he could fry. (laughs) I like fried food. Fried food's awesome. Yeah, it was the best food though. Like, I don't want to put it down. That was a good little business. Yeah, Yeah, I still wish you had the food truck so that when I came and visit you, you could actually like feed me. Right. (laughs) Just keep it out on the driveway outside the house. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Exactly. Just (laughs) parked right outside the house. And I go out there and I'm like, why is this food truck never open? (laughs) That'd be amazing. In fact, I like that idea so much. (laughs) I think you should really explore that. See what Robin says. Anyway. So Lori, you kind of had this transition where you're working for in the confines of somebody else's business, then you branched out on your own. What was the first thing that you did on your own? The first thing that I did on my own was create a digital product. And the reason that I went out on my own, which is, I guess, comes back around to community was because when I was starting my nutrition practice, so that was in 2007, I felt super alone. Like I felt like an oddball, you know, already I was in health and wellness already. I just became a holistic nutritionist. So I stopped eating dairy. I stopped eating gluten. I modified every menu. Like I already felt like a weirdo. And when I went out on my own, like with no one else's clinic over my head, I felt really alone. And yes, I was creating digital products and I was launching and I was doing all of that. This is the lonely music well, I'm playing for this what part is of your happening story. right now? I like that. Yeah. We create the atmosphere here on yeah, this Yeah, I show. love it. It's, um, this is a very safe place. I felt really alone because I didn't really have anybody to talk to. And I was sort of just like following the steps to create and launch digital products. And even throughout, you know, just being a nutritionist and going through school and, you know, choosing to live a different kind of lifestyle than the average person, being in health and wellness, being a nutritionist. It just felt really isolating and really lonely. And so I decided that as I was launching these digital products, I really wanted to create a community where I could collaborate with my clients, where I could be in community with them as the leader, but also as a peer, because I just was so done feeling like an oddball. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really powerful because a lot of people, you know, embark on the entrepreneurial journey and they do feel like that oddball. 
And even if it's not the entrepreneurial journey, anyone who's making some sort of shift in their life, you know, to transform themselves in some way, whether it's a health thing or a business thing or a relationship thing or whatever, you kind of are leaving the safety of what yeah. was known and venturing into the unknown. And that can definitely be scary. Yeah. Life. And I mean, there's right. a lot of in your head chatter that happens where at least in my experience, I felt like I was the only one feeling the way that I was feeling because there wasn't a community specifically of women. There's loads of bro communities and entrepreneurial communities for men, but there wasn't really a community for women who also happen to be moms who are ambitious hustlers. And there was all this like in my head chatter about things that were happening and things that I were feeling. And I couldn't talk to anybody about it because my offline life, my friends are school teachers, you know, my friends work in office buildings, they didn't understand what I was going through. They didn't understand that, you know, I had this drive and this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like I wanted to do these amazing things in this world. And I was obsessed with working. And they couldn't understand that. And so it just felt super isolating. And I, for a while, I was like, am I going crazy? What is actually happening to me? Because I was going down a path that looked and felt so different than what everybody else was doing. I just have to ask, did Dean somehow slip into your community of female entrepreneurs when he was dressed up in his burlesque outfit? entirely possible. (laughs) And you are always welcome. Well, I can confirm that did happen. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) They're like... Who is that bearded woman? There are men in the community too, but it's predominantly women for sure. Okay. All right. I think that's a really great starting point for this conversation around community. It's that the need for community really is there already and people are seeking it out because they want to find other people that are like them, that are on Mm. that same path and everything like that. So how do you create the right conditions for success for that community? Like how how have you been able to do that so effectively? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think building community and Facebook groups and authenticity, like all of these words are buzzwords at the moment, but there's some key strategies and I think some key intentions that I had at the very beginning that have allowed us to grow the kind of community that we've grown. And the first one is I was really intentional about what I wanted because it wasn't available to me. It wasn't like I didn't grow a community on Facebook to make money. The intention was never and will never be to have the community as a lead gen pool. Yes, we use it for lead gen. Of course, we run a business. But first and foremost, and this is how we communicate inside of our community, is the intention really was to create a judgment-free zone for colleagues and peers to come together to you know, be of like mind and of like heart because in our offline lives, in our day-to-day, people just don't get it. You know, they don't get it, especially if you're an ambitious female and you have dependents, whether that's sick parents or children or whatever. There's enough stigma and enough pressure on us as is that it just feels so isolating when you're not able to come and share what's really going on. The light and the dark of it, you know, sharing that you just made money or sharing that you lost money or whatever it is. I was really, really intentional about the kind of community that I wanted to create and the people that I wanted to hang out with. Like I wrote it down. Okay. But hold on. I want to drill into that. Yes. So when you wrote it down, 
What are you writing down exactly? Because I think this is where this whole intention that you put into it could be really helpful for other people. Good question, James. Yeah. So I wrote down that I wanted to create a community of alternative health practitioners that would be 100% supportive of each other and be totally and completely honest and vulnerable. That's what I wrote down because... So you basically were like, okay, first and foremost, I have a vision statement for this community. Oh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. And I think those two key things were really important to me, the non-competitive nature, the supportive nature, and the honesty because in alternative health, I think in any niche, you know, in any industry, there is a tendency to think, well, you know, I'm competing against you. I'm a naturopathic doctor, you're a naturopathic doctor, and we're competing against each other. And, you know, it's interesting because if you go into any of my Facebook groups, you will see that there are so many secrets being shared because we fostered that. Like that was the intention from the beginning that we are here as a community united together to transform the health of the world. Like that's what we as a community stand for. And in order for us to do that, we have to share the secrets to success with each other. So I share them with you and you share them with your colleagues. And that's how this works. And I've just been really clear about that from the beginning and really don't tolerate in the group any sort of, you know, when you keep your secrets closed to your chest or competitiveness or just scarcity mindedness, like we've really worked hard to cultivate this idea that we are a community that we need to do this together. I like the idea. I'm interested to hear what you think about this, Dean. I like the idea that the community itself Mm -hmm. serves a purpose. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right? That like we're a community trying to do X, Y, Z. We're not just a group of people who happen to be together. Yeah. No, I love that. To me, that's one of the things that I've seen is powerful in a community is everyone feels a part of the overall thing instead of just being an individual in a group. It's like being a part of the overall community. Does that make sense? And we do things to cheerlead for each other. I mean, yes, we have like the wins post and things like that. We don't know what the wins post is. When you celebrate wins. Let's hear about this. One of the stigmas in my industry is around making money. And so my mission with my company is to change a lot of the stigma so that alternative health practitioners can think about and run their businesses like a confident CEO. Meaning the people in your community are reluctant to share that they're making money because they feel like that somehow takes away from the mission or the, the values. Yeah, from the purity and the impact of what they went to school for, which is nonsense. And so we've identified like stigmas. We've identified sort of like limiting beliefs. And we work really hard as the leaders of the community to expose those and to support the sort of the transformation of those beliefs. Dean, is that when you got kicked out of the group when they were identifying stigmas? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Kind of made me stand out a little. So one of the ways that we do that is we celebrate wins, right? We celebrate milestones. We encourage our community members to talk about how much money they're making and how many clients they're seeing and to encourage like those next level wins. For a couple of reasons. One, because it shows the new people coming in what's possible. Because I think when everybody's starting out on their own as an entrepreneur, you have so much doubt that you're going to be able to make it. And so if those people who've gone before you celebrate their wins, whether that's their first email subscriber, their first dollar made, their thousandth dollar made, 
$100,000, whatever it is, it's so important to take note of those mile markers because it demonstrates what's possible for the people that are just starting. And also, I want my people to feel proud of their achievements. I want them to celebrate the fact that they work damn hard and they've, you know, earned this mile marker, they've earned this success. And especially with women, you know, too few women ever say, I feel really proud about myself. I feel proud that I've achieved this. And no one in their offline life is celebrating that. So we got to celebrate together as a community. So having regular wins, and I don't even call it a humble brag. Like it's not a humble brag. You are proud of yourself. You achieved this thing. Be proud. And so we do that, you know, as part of our community and as part of changing that conversation around the stigma around making money. And do you find out right. interest, like when people come into the community, do they tend to kind of sit on the sidelines watching in before they feel confident enough to get involved in that type of thing themselves? Or Yeah. So one of the things that we do and Facebook groups have been so helpful in building community. So I have a moderator in my Facebook group. And so one of the things that we do is we always do a welcome post and we encourage everybody to welcome everybody else. And so not just, hey, let's give a, you know, welcome to so-and-so. It's, hey, everybody, let's give a warm welcome to. And I remind my community, like, you remember what it's like to be the newbie in the group. So let's show these newbies some love. And so, you know, the new people in the group will often introduce themselves and post a selfie and just share a little bit about that. And we make sure that everybody gets a comment, like whether that's because other people in the group comment and welcome them. Hello. So we really focus on making sure that everybody does feel welcome and included. And this was something that I had done even before I had the ability to hire some team members to help me. Because it was so important to me and because I knew that this was going to be such a pillar of my business that, you know, it's like 11 o'clock on a Friday night and I'm sitting there welcoming everybody that joined, you know, over the last two days into my Facebook group because I really wanted them to feel included. I really wanted them to feel like they had a connection to me because the feeling of isolation and the feeling of being alone was so strong for me that it has been so important to me to really foster that with everybody that comes in to our group. Right. And you know what I think just listening to you, like, you know, what resonates with me a bit, or it makes me think about is, you know, we talk about everybody gets so wrapped up in the online world that they think about it as something different. Would you agree that this is no different really to bringing somebody into a group of friends? So if you had a a new person you were introducing to a group of friends, say at a restaurant, you know, it would have the same sort of approach. Would you think? Yeah, 100%. And you know, to extrapolate on that, I think a mistake that I see a lot of people making in their Facebook groups and in their own communities is they're not being real people. They're only talking about the thing that they sell. They're only teaching and they're not bringing their personality into the fold. And so Hmm. we've done a lot to integrate not only our core values from the company, but also who I am as a person, right? Right. So like silly photos of me and the kids, me just doing like off the cuff Facebook lives. We have like inside jokes about like words that we use. We'll often do like, you know, random posts, like let's do like a book review. Let's do a podcast review. What are you guys watching on Netflix? 
you know, I'll share embarrassing things that happen to me. Like I'm a real person inside of my community. Mm -hmm. And I think because I hold that space, it allows our community members to also be real people. You know, I'm intentional about the fact that I share certain things because I know by sharing certain things, it's going to create a feeling of playfulness and a feeling of comfort that will allow other community members not only to just get to know me on a different level, but also for them to feel comfortable sharing too. So doing silly things, posting silly photos, sharing really embarrassing things, doing random Facebook lives, nominating team members who've done a really good job, you know, cheering on other people who've done a really good job, celebrating birthdays, babies, you know, anniversaries, whatever it is. It is a community. It's a friend group. It's not just a place for me to get leads and sell my stuff. Mm. Although 100% that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Although that happens. Yeah. And it happens a lot yeah. better because and, of the things and- that you're talking about. Totally. So how does that happen? Like, do you um, just say, hey, this is something I have to offer, you know, and how, like, explain that process. Yeah, sure. So, you know, there's a time and a place for brand building and rapport building and community building. And then there's a time and a place to be the leader and the expert. And so we toggle between those two places. And so we publish really high quality teaching content. So whether that's podcast episodes or, you know, longer form training tutorials that I'll do just in for the Facebook group, I'll often do like teaching Facebook lives, or we'll do like random coaching, where I'll just like be like, Hey, I'm gonna hop on whoever's like stuck, come and I'll coach you for you know, like rapid fire coaching type things. So that demonstrates that we know what we're doing. We also do a lot of case studies. So we'll show case studies of our clients in there. Again, not because like, here's a case study by my thing. It's because I need to reinforce what's possible for you, right? Mm -hmm. Always coming at it from this is in your best interest. My job is to get you success. And if I don't do that, I failed, right? So I take the pressure off them and I put it on me. Like, this is my job. And if I don't do my job, I failed you. You're here to learn from me. And if I don't get you to where you want to be, I've failed. So it doesn't feel salesy because that's the true way that we feel. That's the way that we position everything. And so we will post trainings that they have to then comment on where they have to subscribe to get it. So we're capturing the leads there. We do that a lot, actually. We probably do that about twice a month. So I'll create like a really short training And I'll put up a post and I'll say, hey, I just created this training for you. It's on this, that, or the other thing. Let me know in the comments below if you want it, we'll send it over. And so that way we're we're creating basically a sub list of people who want that particular training. So we know that they have that particular pain point and we can follow up with them on the back end. We're in a launch as we're recording this right now. And I have no shame about promoting hard in my Facebook group. Like we're putting up posts three times a day. I'm going live a lot. It's a launch period, so it's not forever. But I think the difference is, is I'm really proud of the products that we have and they're very good and they work. And we're not a company that creates random things off the cuff. Like what we have, we've had for years. And so there's that staying power. People know about it. People wait for it. And so I'm excited to promote it because I know that it's helpful to them. And again, if we come back to the way that we operate. And I think a lot of people feel really salesy promoting in their Facebook group, but we take this 
viewpoint that like, that's my job. It's my job to get my community members success. And the only way I know how to do that is if they work with us. Yes, we provide tons of free content, but we all know that everybody needs accountability and support, right? And so that's sort of the viewpoint that we take. And so we make sure that we still do it in a really fun, playful way. We let them know that a promo is coming, like we're not going to bait and switch you. But I think setting the stage that the community is here to be a community, but also this is my job and we run a company and we set that stage from the start. So when people come in, they know exactly who I am. They know exactly what we do. They know exactly how we can help them. And I think that makes everybody just, you know, it's full transparency. It makes them feel really comfortable. Do you have like separate groups for different levels within your customers or it's everybody in one big group? We just started a second group for a particular product, but the current group that we have is almost at 17,000 and that's everybody. Right. And is that prospects and customers or is that only customers? That's everybody. And then we have Facebook groups for each one of our programs that would be only clients. So there, our clients are in both. Got it. And then okay. they're also in their respective you know, program-based Facebook groups. Do you find that people who are in like the specific program-based Facebook groups engage less in the main community or are they still pretty active in there as well? They're active in both. They're active in the main community more as cheerleaders for the people who aren't taking the kind of action that they should be taking. And I encourage that. So in their program-specific Facebook groups, I say, hey, you just had this win. Go and share it. Go and show them what's possible. Go encourage them because it wasn't too long ago that you were scared out of your mind too, right? So we encourage that behavior as as cheerleading for the people who want so badly to take that next step, but are so scared. But yeah, no, they're still totally involved in the main Facebook group for sure. Yeah. That's like, that's such insanely good social proof. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because that's changed. They're like, really? You want me to like, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable sharing. I'm like, you did this thing, go share it. Right. So it's still getting over that stigma of being proud of yourself and that it's okay to be proud of yourself. And do you yeah. find out of interest, like considering you've got the client groups and then the, you know, the everyone community, like where are you most active? Let me just tell you why I'm asking that. So we've got a similar, so I've got one main client group for one of our programs, and we've also got a more public group that we invite anyone and everyone into. And one of the things that I've realized upon reviewing things, like I do so much great stuff inside of our client group, literally like five, six days a week, I'm live in there providing so much, but it's actually caused me because of like, not having time to not do so much in the other group. And I had this sort of thought in my head that actually maybe it should be the other way around because the client group, they already have so much support and everything from us, whereas everybody in the other group, well, they maybe don't know us that well yet. And I'm neglecting that group a little bit. So like, what do you do on that side of things? So in my client groups, we actually have coaches that it's their job to moderate those groups. Right. And so I'm not supremely active in our client-based groups for this particular reason. And I think this will be helpful to your listeners okay? because I can't possibly comment on every single post. And because I'm so sensitive to feeling left out, I don't want my clients to look at and go, oh, well, Lori commented on her post, but not mine. So I actually don't comment 
on the posts in my client groups, unless it's like necessary, unless one of my coaches come to me and say, Hey, can you just like lend your expertise here? Because they have access to me in coaching calls. That's where I engage with them. Right. Cause right. I just yeah, feel like- so bad that like, if I'm giving somebody advice and I miss a post, like that's not fair. So the coaches are responsible for moderating their clients and that's how we handle the client-based Facebook group. And to be honest, the same thing sort of happens in our big Facebook group. I show up, I'll do the lives, I'll post stuff, but I'm not here to give you free coaching. I'm here to have a good time. I'm here to build community. So if it's a personality-based post or if it's like a brand building post, yeah, I'll engage for sure. But I don't engage otherwise because again, it's like, well, if I engage with you, then I have to engage with everybody. And with seven, almost 17,000 people, that's not possible. And so I show up to do what I need to do. And then I have our moderators handling basically everything else because it just felt wrong to me to post on some people's mm. comments and not others. Right. Which is actually like, it's nice to hear you say that actually, because I think some people, and I guess some people listening, they don't start groups and communities probably because they worry that they couldn't respond to everybody. So they never do it in the first place. Yeah. I would second that. I think that's a big concern for a lot of people, but I like the way you're approaching it. At this point in the show, Laurie disconnected, but the sound kept recording. Oh. Did we lose Laurie? Yeah, Laurie just left. (laughs) She's like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah, maybe she'll uh maybe it was a signal thing. You've been kicked out of this podcast community. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I don't know what we do now. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad we're being recorded. Right. Hi everyone. <laughs> don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I did not know that was coming. (laughs) Is that you? (laughs) Come on, Lori. We believe. Yes. You can do it. (laughs) Come back to us. (laughs) This is so We know you're trying. <laughs> Keep going and don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> oh, Laurie. Uh, just when it was uh. getting good. So thank you, Lori, for being on the show. We really appreciate you being here. Even though you didn't get across the finish line with us, <laughs> we thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, Actually, I, I thought the being deliberate and intentional about building the community mm. and the way that she's done it. Yeah. I thought that was really, really awesome. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, let, maybe let's just summarize some of what we enjoyed about what Laurie shared. Like, I think like we were just saying there just before Laurie did get disconnected was like people do put off, I think, creating a community. They do worry about like how much work is going to be involved. Like, oh, people are going to be messaging me or bothering me all the time. I did love what Laurie said about how she structures things there. So she doesn't get herself into those situations. She just almost has a almost like a no commitment rule in a way. Like if I don't involve yeah. myself in any of the discussions as such, then I'm not giving anyone favoritism and that's fair for everybody. It's a, it's a win-win. Like you remove yourself yeah. from like having to be crazy active 
But at the same time, you're engineering the community in the way that serves you and the community. I love that. Yeah, completely. And like, she's not playing favorites. It's just like, I'm here to serve the greater good and the entire community. Yeah, I think that was amazing. So for you guys who are interested in actually seeing what Lori is up to, you can follow her on Instagram at Lori Kennedy Inc. So that's Lori, L-O-R-I Kennedy Inc. I-N-C. And you can find her on Instagram there. So once again, thank you guys for tuning in today. We appreciate you being here and make sure you leave us a review, tell your friends and family about us. And we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamesbfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.